fear is a tool. But when that light hits the sky, it's not just a call. It's a warning. before you've nothing left. I don't care what happens to me. It's only gonna get worse for you. Whoa, take it easy, sweetheart. Hear everything they say, ain't you? Maybe we're not so different. Who are you under there? Welcome to the Strange Harbors podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight with me in person, joined by Amir Toure. Hey, everybody. And me not in person, again, Derek Wong. So tonight we'll be discussing, it's not really the DCEU, right? It's uh, no Warner Brothers. Let's hope it's not. <laughs> yeah. Latest superhero movie, The Batman, directed by Matt Reeves, starring Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Colin Farrell. Jeffrey Wright, Paul Dano. Big stack cast. Big, big movie. Probably the biggest movie of the year so far. And more people than I even realized were in the movie. So we'll get into that. (laughs) I guess we should maybe talk a little bit about Matt Reeves, a little bit about our history with Batman as a character, who's seen many, many iterations over the last 20 to 30 years. There hasn't really been like a decade where we haven't had like two or three Batman movies, right? <laughs> so big character, always a big draw at the box office. This movie's done pretty well at the box office. Mm-hmm. Two hundred million, I think, worldwide. Uh, yeah, like a hundred thirty something domestic. It's no Spider-Man: No Way Home, but they can't all be. They can't all be like one of the highest grossing movies, of, movies all time. of all time. Yeah, <laughs> I think No Way Home's getting to like number two or number three all time. Yeah, I think like three or four currently right now. No, this one's already up to more than 250 million worldwide, and yeah. it's the second biggest pandemic debut. So, mm-hmm. in this era, this is still really killing it. Let's probably start with where we are with like the Batman mythos, right? The Batman character. Mm-hmm. I've read some comics, but I'm not the biggest comic book reader. I know you guys are probably bigger comic book readers compared to me, but a lot of my love for the Batman character comes from you know growing up as a 90s kid and um, the 90s animated series, and then 
all the subsequent Batman movies of the 90s and then of the 2000s and then the 2010s and now, you know, 2022. I also love watching a lot of the DC animated movies that come out that, you know, associate with this character in the Justice League. I'm not as ingrained in the comics, but I definitely love Batman as a character. Speaking for myself, I've been reading the comics ever since I was a kid. All of like the classics, like the Frank Miller stuff, even the newer Grant Morrison run. I kind of dropped off after the new 52, just because it was like a clean continuity break. And I was like, just out of college. So I haven't read too much of the new stuff. I think the last thing I read was Court of Owls, which there's some like anticipation that they might do this for the next installment or something. Um, they had like an interview with like all the cast members and Robert Pattinson and and Paul Dano. They're like, ooh, Court of Owls. We, we really like that. <laughs> They're like fans of the comic. But yeah, I mean, same as you, DCAU, the animated universe. I think we talked about this on the pod before. That was like my gateway into the comics, like the... The Justice mm-hmm. League cartoon and the Batman the animated series. I don't. You and me, Amir, we watched like the Justice League cartoon together. So yeah. like, that's how we got into uh, the actual comics. So and he's not talking about when they were young. They were just actually watching the animated. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did a podcast did, on the animated yeah. series uh, maybe yeah. last year. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Amir, what, what about you? What, what is your relationship with like Batman and the comics? I guess I got into it through Jeff. So like Batman the Animated Series, which I think we all loved as kids, those Justice League comics, and then into reading some of the classic Batman stories, Year One and uh, Dark Knight Returns and uh, Long Halloween and Dark Victory and all of these kind of classic Batman stories. You know, I've seen all the modern era Batman stuff. I don't think I've seen any of the like 40s movies or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Definitely seen uh, all of the modern stuff. And so, yeah, I definitely consider myself a fan of the character. Have you seen the 66 Batman? You know, I don't think I have, actually. So funny. Have you? So good. <laughs> yeah. Is it? I used to love watching the 66 Batman when I was okay, young. Like, on reruns out. and watching the movie where like things like the UN Council gets turned into dust and then they have to like turn them back into human. It's so, so silly. I do remember. So- it. It's a camp classic. <laughs> yeah. Before we dive into talking about Matt Reeves, I know that Matt Reeves has spoken about this movie and like his inspirations. I mean, you've already brought up The Long Halloween and Year One. He's mentioned both those comics as big inspirations for this movie, but also a comic called Ego. Have you guys read all three of those or no? I've read Ego. That's like the Darwin Cook one um, with Batman and Catwoman. Yeah, that one's good too. I don't think I read Ego, but Darwin Cook yeah. was great. Darwin Cook got a special thanks at the end of this movie. So um, nice. a lot of uh, influence there. But it's taking a lot of aspects from a lot of different comics, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a little bit of year one, too, because it's like a younger Bruce Wayne in yeah. like the second year. So like it even takes some stuff out of year two. And also, you know, like you said, Long Halloween, but also it's follow up like Dark Victory. There's a tiny bit of hush in there, too. Mm-hmm. Literally, the word hush shows up. Yeah, literally the word hush. All right. Well, then that kind of leads us into like talking about Matt Reeves. Like, what are you guys' relationship with this director? Like, do you guys like his work? Have you seen most of his work? I think I've seen all of his stuff. Yeah. He doesn't have the biggest like directing career, but he definitely has made a lot of movies that I've loved in the past. So there's some stuff in the 90s, which I've never seen. Future Shock, The Paul Bearer. But then we probably all know him from Cloverfield in 2008. And then Let Me In, which I think is that's the, yeah, that's the, the right one in the uh, remake, yeah. American remake of the original Swedish film. It's good, too. Um, yeah, I like that one, And then Planet of the Apes movies, right? The last two, though, right? So he didn't do the first one, but he did. Yeah. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. But he did the last Dawn and, and War. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. I think I've spoken about this in the past. Like, I'm a huge Cloverfield fan. I love Cloverfield. It's one of my favorite, like, 
of that era of found footage movies. I love the marketing around that movie. Uh, and I also love his apes movies. I actually love the whole trilogy. Like it's honestly, yeah, like, I don't it's think, very, very good. Yeah. I don't think people talk about it enough. Yeah. People don't talk about it enough. And honestly, like I think his movies are the best two out of the three, right? Like I think, you know, Rise oh, really? is good. But honestly, I think Dawn is the best one in that series. And then the war is still great. I love that trilogy of movies. Uh, but I actually haven't seen Let Me In. I'm definitely... Have you seen Let the Right One In? No, I've not seen the original or the... They're both good. Okay. They're both good. Definitely should check it out. So it sounds like we all at least enjoyed his work in the past. And when I heard that he was going to be directing this movie, it definitely got me very excited and anticipating this movie. And then also hearing that then... Robert Pattinson was going to be playing the Batman. That also got me very excited. So I was pretty excited going into this movie. Uh, I don't know about you guys. Yeah, it was the cast more so than the director that got me because mm-hmm. like, I've liked what I've seen from Matt Reeves, but I'm not, I'm not like in love with it. It's not like, ooh, this is a guy who's, you know, um, I look forward to everything he puts out or anything like that. Um, not that there's been so much of it, but yeah, it was more the casting for me. Like I thought Pattinson was perfect that like, uh, I don't know if there was like a, uh, there was a joke on Twitter when the casting news was announced. Someone was like, oh. Who thought to get the like guy who's used to playing brooding night dwelling weirdos and making him the Batman? You know, like <laughs> it's like a perfect. It really is a good, uh, great casting decision for him. Yeah, Zoe Kravitz. Um, yeah, like the cast really was more motivated me more than director. But I really liked the look of everything I was seeing in the trailers, and so I was pretty excited. And so I was like, man, I really hope this doesn't let me down. Yeah. All right. Well, then let's get into it. what did you guys think of Matt Reeves the Batman? I really, really loved it. Uh, I. Gave it an A- minus for my review. So movie quality-wise, I wouldn't say this is the best Batman film, but mm-hmm. I do want to say it's the best Batman film, if you know what I mean. I think I know exactly what you're saying. Like, qualitatively speaking, like, as a general moviegoer, I think there are Batman movies that are better, but there's no Batman movie that's as good as this one, I don't think. I think it captures the spirit of the character the most what it means to be batman like the legacy of the waynes and i think tim burton did a really good job of creating a special gotham city and this comes closer is maybe even a little better and like capturing the grimy corruption of gotham city and like people sing their praises of like the nolan movies which are really really good but i want to see like more of like the batman begins type gotham instead of like the dark knight and the dark knight rises gotham which is just like oh that's fucking chicago (laughs) Um, that's basically what that is and like they built a lot of this stuff from like the ground up like the sets um wayne manor uh looked like this gothic castle and like the city that's just like perpetually dark like on the cusp of dawn you know and i i really really like that it's always Raining, maybe a little too much mm-hmm. rain in this movie. To be uh, fair, they shot in London, right? Yeah, they so, shot in London. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Comes with the territory. I thought Robert Pattinson was great. I think a better Batman than a Bruce Wayne, but not by too much. Mm-hmm. But Zoe Kravitz was incredible. Paul Dano was like a good amount of menacing. Like, I don't want to like spend this podcast comparing this to like the high watermark that's The Dark Knight because I feel like they're different movies. Yeah. Just completely different takes on the characters. And it's almost like apples to oranges, really. You can't really compare the two effectively. And I love the dynamic between Jim Gordon and Batman. People say this movie's not funny, but 
I think it's very, very funny. I think there's some very yes. dry humor in it that uh, people are overlooking. I burst out laughing a couple of times. Just, uh, no, I was going to say, I mean, I went to go watch this with my fiance and I thought we were like the only ones laughing and it was kind of weird because uh, there were definitely moments where I laughed out loud. Yeah. Everybody else was kind of quiet. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I went with Ashley and like a lot of the jokes fell flat for everyone else, but I thought they were funny. I mean, yeah. I've seen this twice now, so people were laughing way more in the first press screening than when I went mm-hmm. with my yeah. wife, but there's some really funny bits in it and I'm I'm surprised yeah. that not that many people were laughing at the funny parts. And like this movie looks like something, you know, like if you're talking about like, you know, superhero fatigue and like Marvel movies, just getting away from like the Marvel house style is like a huge plus for me because I'm feeling that tiredness of those movies. I, I still enjoy them, but this was like a punch in the arm for me. Like I, I really love the way this movie looks. It's dark, but you can still tell what's going on. It's clear. Mm-hmm. It's concise. I have some minor quibbles with like the set pieces and the action, but I really, really did like it overall. So I have very, very similar thoughts. I think that line up with you, Jeff. I would say that this is the best rendered version of the Batman mythos that I think we've seen on the screen. But I Uh agree. I don't think this is the best movie that we've gotten. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what you're trying to say, right? Like, this is not the best Batman movie, but it's maybe the best Batman we've seen in a movie. Yeah. And I totally agree. Like, I think... The way, you know, Matt Reeves deals with the connection between, like, Catwoman and Batman, like, we haven't really seen that. I I think Nolan does a decent job, but, like, I think we haven't really seen that so well rendered um, since, like, the 90s, you know, Batman Returns, right? The Tim Yeah, with Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, and I think same thing about Gotham, right? Like, I think Gotham itself is so well realized in this. I like the changes he's done when it comes to like not having a Wayne Manor and like having him actually live in the city. Mm-hmm. I guess the biggest thing I love is that this is an actual detective story. Like yeah. we haven't gotten that from a Batman movie. He's known as the greatest detective in the world, right? Um, yeah, and, we've never really gotten we've never seen a movie that. like that. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely love this movie. I mean, I'm dying to see it again. Honestly. Yeah, I think the Nolan movies tried to do a little detective thing, but like it was mostly nonsense, like shooting the bullets in the blocks and like trying to reconstruct, like get the fuck out of here. It doesn't work that way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, And this is like a greener Batman too, right? Like it shows him being a very smart detective, but like he also makes mistakes. Mistakes. Mm -hmm. With Jim Gordon, and I I really like that a lot. What did you think, Amir? Um, I liked it. Sounds like not as much as you guys did. I would have put this more in the, I don't know, the B plus area for me. You give it the rare A minus, so uh, that's high praise from you. Um, <laughs> for me, it, it, there were just some things that bugged me a little bit, but I agree with most of the strengths you guys are talking about as far as uh, the casting, and I thought Zoe Kravitz was great. She was so good, I forgot that Anne Hathaway was Catwoman. Like, I was going to say, oh, is this the only Catwoman we've gotten in the last few decades? I was like, oh, wait, no, there actually was one. But I mean, yeah, she just- And Michelle with- Pfeiffer, too. Yeah, and Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer is like- Three decades ago, almost. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. Been a Michelle Pfeiffer one's a while. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, Zoe Kravitz is great. I liked what Pattinson did with this. I like the relationship between Jim Gordon and Batman. I agree with most of these strengths. I agree we haven't had a detective Batman, and I did like what they were going for. I don't know if the riddles impressed me as being like 
greatest detective in the world, something like that. Yeah, like no one could solve, solve right? them. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. It's like, this is like a first grade riddle. Like, <laughs> like, what does a liar do when he's dead? Oh, he lies still. I was like, oh, he lies still. And then like 10 minutes later, they're like, oh, he lies still. <laughs> yeah. All right, great. Not to say I'm Sherlock Holmes or whatever, but like, it was like these riddles were not super abstruse or anything like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he did show like, like his – Prowess with like forensics and stuff too, which I did like. Yeah, the, um, the echomosis line. Yeah, stuff. Like, yeah, I did. I did like that. I wish they'd done some more of that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. When you stop thinking about it, some of it, doesn't make a ton of sense. Like they find the thumb drive in the car with a thumb attached, right? Which is one of those funny dark jokes that I think a lot of people in the yeah. miss that I laughed at. I laughed at that too. <laughs> the, I did too. But like, if you stop thinking about it, like, wait, why did the cops not search his fucking cars? Mm. Yeah, but I thought right away that like. He went back to the scene of the crime, like to plant that after the cops had left. Oh, is that like? I a, mean, that could have been leader. right. The cops are obviously going to find it, but like once okay, they leave, so they don't think like that. he's going to come back to the scene of the crime oh, so you think and plant more what? evidence. So he was relying on Batman not solving the clue in time, so that he could go back and put the evidence there. You see what I'm saying? Because like, yeah. Hmm. It's because he has to get the drive thing, and then it's like, oh, well, Batman's definitely too dumb to get this riddle in time, and I'll have time to swing back around and place the thumb. You know, you know what I mean? But, like, that's a whole cipher, though, right? Because, like, you can... I guess. So, like, he's accounting on, he's yeah. on it, taking some time to do. I yeah. Guess, whatever. I don't know. There's, like, a couple little, like, fridge logic things as far as the riddles go. But I did like that they tried to do a detective Batman. Um, I loved his freaking camera contact lenses. Yeah. Yeah. I thought those were super cool, uh, both when he used them and when... Uh, he puts them on Selena for her to go into the club on that little undercover mission. Mm-hmm. I really liked that whole sequence of her in the club doing that. Mm-hmm. I really, really liked that. I thought that was some of the most effective stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, there's like a lot of good things here. Like you were saying you got some couples with the action, Jeff. I liked the action, but I think it's because they played to their strengths and hid their weaknesses. So Pattinson's a good Batman. He's not as physically imposing as Bale or Affleck. Like at all, mm-hmm. right? Like Christian Bale is already, I think, a bigger guy, and he put in another fifty pounds of muscle to play the character or something like that. And Ben Affleck also obviously got huge, right? Like these big, yeah. huge, older kind of Dark Knight Returns sort of Batman, big, scary looking dudes. Like you believe yeah. that that guy is fighting five criminals at once and like breaking their arms and like like he's just scary dudes, right? Yeah, Pattinson's not scary in that way physically, and so I think they shot things in such a way that. He doesn't have to be like this looming, superimposing presence. Like there were a lot of scenes where he's ambushing people, and it's all dark, and you know, like I, I don't know, they did a good job of sort of not emphasizing the fact that he wasn't that huge and imposing. Like they did a good job of shooting around that, I guess. Yeah, I'm really not a fan of the Christian Bale action scenes, like the fight scenes. Mm-hmm. I think they're just a little too grounded and like not kinetic at all. Mm-hmm. Like if anything, like. Zack Snyder directs the hell out of the fucking Batman fight scenes with Batfleck, you know? Yeah. yeah, Um, yeah. Those are just so fucking good. And that's like, I think, another heightened reality, like, even further away from... From this. From this. And especially, like, the Dark Knight and the Nolan stuff. So, like, I would put Pattinson a little scarier than Bale, just because I think Bale's a little goofy. I, I don't think his Batman... Uh, performance has aged very, very the well. The voice is goofy. It, yeah. it, it bothers me. It never used to bother me. And I went back and saw it again recently. It bothers <laughs> me. The, his bat voice bothers me. I don't know. They do like a couple of shots of Pattinson like with his shirt off and stuff. And he's like not that big a guy, right? Like yeah. when yeah. you see Bale in the same 
position in those movies. Like he's huge. You're like, oh, Christian Bale did a Christian Bale and like completely changed his body for this movie. Yeah. Like <laughs> he's enormous, you know? So that's, that's like one of the things. But Pattinson's still big though. Like he's like, he's more believable, I feel. Uh, okay. He's more believable than like, I don't know, before he started training for this movie. But yeah. okay. I don't know. To me, if I look at him, I don't think Pattinson's bigger than like a random guy you know who likes working out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like my buddies are bigger than Pattinson is. Whereas, like, I don't know anybody who's as big as Christian Bale was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Christian yeah, Bale yeah. really went through a journey to fucking. Like, yeah. Pattinson's like, oh, I guess I'll work out a little. But <laughs> he's not like a cut monstrosity. No, he's not, right? yeah. But that's what Batman is, right? Batman, like, in year one, he's like punching down trees with his bare fists and shit. Like, that. <laughs> like that's one thing that the Nolan movies did get across. And I don't know if you've seen Batman Begins, but he does all that training with Razo Ghoul, and he's like, he looks like a fucking. Like, the martial arts aspect is something that's emphasized, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that, like, that's like the negative side, but on the positive side of the action, they did a great job of. Having him like appear out of the shadows and like yes, um, jump people and just like I don't know. There's a bunch of fights in this that I actually did really like. Well, to speak to your point a little, Amir, like one of the aspects I did like about this movie, and I, I think it goes to Jeff's point earlier about him not being the greatest detective yet, is that we see that in fights he still gets hit. Right? It's not like the Batman we know where he's almost untouchable. Uh, you know, we've seen in like other Batman movies or like in like the animated series where like he still gets hit and it, it like affects him, right? Like I like that he's well, still he gets kinda... shot like a hundred times in this movie. Yeah, yeah. he gets yeah, shot yeah. a lot. Yeah, I'm even talking about that first brawl where those guys are like yeah. with the skull yeah, yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. they get shots in, you know. Uh, yeah, they get a couple hits in. Yeah, yeah, they get a couple hits in. So like I actually do appreciate that. Like he's not fully badass yet. You know, this is uh -huh. definitely year mm. two. Yeah, yeah, he's still green. Also, to something you talked about, Amir, one of my favorite things about this movie is when we first get to see the Batman. You know, we get to see his Batman. It's like those three shots of those like three criminals. One's like robbing a convenience store. One's robbing somebody else. And mm -hmm. and then you see the gang, right? And like each of them looks down like a hallway thinking that the Batman's yes. going to be there. Yes. Yeah, because they see the bat signal. I really, yeah. like, I really, I really, like, really that. like that, yeah. Emphasizing the fear that he struck in this entire city. And I really liked the monologue, right? It was so good. Sorry, go back to your point. No, no, no. But what I really liked about it is that what we've always known is like Batman is the guy that can just disappear and you don't hear where he went or he sneaks up on you, right? Like one of the funny gags that kind of happens throughout this movie is that he keeps sneaking up on Selena Kyle. Mm -hmm. Can't you just like make your presence known? But what I liked about that scene is the very first scene when he fights that gang is that he makes his presence known, right? You can hear his footsteps are just so loud mm -hmm. and you hear like the big clanking of his boots. When he wants to be loud and strike that fear, he can. Or if he wants to be quiet, he'll sneak up on you. And I just love, love that aspect about this Batman. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I liked his voiceover that he was doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I did like the little voiceover he did. Oh, that was really good. I think narration typically bothers me, but um, this bookend was pretty good. And it helps that his Batman voice is good. It's not over the top. It's not underdone. It's like perfect. Just like the difference between like Bruce Wayne and Batman. There's a difference there, but it's not like Christian Bale and his Batman voice, yeah, you know? Um, mm -hmm. This was quite good. Okay, so yeah. another complaint. I don't know exactly what they could have done about it, but come on. Does this movie have to be three hours? Yeah. Yeah, we can talk a little about this. I definitely agree. I don't think it needed to be three hours. I think there could have definitely been some of the middle that was cut. I mean, I think maybe one less person had to be a victim of the Riddler, maybe. 
Mm. You know what I mean? I, I it, it did feel long to me. Yeah. Yeah. Long and then like at the same time a little undercooked. Like that whole third act where like we're now fighting the Riddler's minions or whatever who are like his online goons. But like he's already caught and like now the lesson of the movie is going to be about turning away from vengeance. It's like, okay, if that was going to be the theme of the whole movie, could we weave that in a little bit beforehand? Yeah. There was, there was a little bit like, oh shit, we have to have a moral. So let's extend the movie another 45 minutes. I don't know. I thought the moral of the movie was very, very excellent, though. Yes. I did like that it was about moving past vengeance and, like, solving the problems of Gotham City. Like, not without your fists, but, like, how <laughs> how, in, how ineffectual just using brute force is. And, like, how you need to be a symbol of, like, hope and, like, reach out to the people so that they know that they don't have to fear you. You know, like, mm-hmm. I did like that a lot. But I do agree that it does feel long and especially of like the pastiche is trying to do like, you know, on the surface level, it's like a David Venture seven or Zodiac type thing. Yeah. Right. Uh, with the procedural and the solving of the crimes. And then you're doing like Polanski's Chinatown about like, you know, the intractability of corruption and crime. And for three hours, that's long, right? Like <laughs> yeah. uh, it's lacking the, Snappiness I, of those movies. Yeah, I don't want to like compare to the Dark Knight again because I think they're completely different animals. But the Dark Knight has like that propulsiveness that this movie does not. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's generally like makes it better or worse, but like it does make this movie feel longer. And obviously, Paul Dano's no Heath Ledger, right? But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you guys think of Paul Dano? Is his, he was uh, all right? I mean, I was Riddler. looking forward to him more than he actually ended up showing up. Not like he's mm-hmm. bad, but just because he's in that stupid Riddler mask the whole time, like you can't mm-hmm. really see Paul Dano act. Like I don't know, like like you see him a little bit in that coffee shop, and then at the end when he's unmasked or whatever, actually already in Arkham. But I don't know, you don't really get him to see him be Paul Dano. Like you want to see that creepy face and have him do creepy weird stuff, and like you don't get that so much because he's busy doing internet threats, like anonymous or something. Breathing like, very, very heavily. Yeah, like it's just I wish we got more Paul Dano. And instead of covering him up with all that stuff, right? Yeah, the first yeah. Uh, Paul Dano cinematic universe where he doesn't get the shit beat out of him. <laughs> <laughs> but he's effective. I I liked him. I think it's very, very funny that like, oh, he's got this message that everyone's listening to, but he's only got like 500 followers or whatever. That was really funny. That was I don't, really I don't, funny. Was that a mistake? Like, it, se- it, it seemed like they just didn't realize how many followers is a large number of followers online. Yeah, I don't know. I think he had or less followers, but like that one video just went viral or something. And I right, think but that's the 500 followers is like, they're yeah. like, oh, you have so many followers. Like, uh, you mean like 500,000? <laughs> like, I don't know. 500 is not very many. I thought they were implying that he was on some kind of like dark net chat room, right? It's not like it's Facebook. Li- like, yes, I, I know or he like was doing TikTok. like TikToks. <laughs> But, like, I think that chat, those 500 people were, like, the people that were working together to enact this plan, right, at the end. Maybe, but they didn't know about the plan. They were like, oh, he has 500 followers. They weren't like, oh, he has 500 fanatics ready to kill. Like- <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I think the number's so low. It's not like it's it's like thousands of people listening to this I message. I feel it's like, like that's a post hoc rationalization because I made that same rationalization in my head as well. But, like, you're just defending a shitty line they didn't think about too much. I think 500 is just too low a number. I don't think they intended it to be like, oh, these are this 500 super hardcore commandos or whatever. <laughs> I think we're both rationalizing because I had the same 
train of thought. And then I was like, wait, why am I doing this? Like, it is funny, though. I'm not rationalizing because, like, okay, it, it is very funny. And, like, I think they should have clarified it a little bit more. But, like, if mm. you, did you, like, read the chat when he was, like, posting that video? Yes, but that's yeah. at the end when... No, it's when they open that video and it's, like, the chat of people that are, like, talking about the video... And it says yeah. 500 followers. And like the chat's like, oh, yeah, rifles would be good. Oh, yeah, let's get yeah, rifles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't forget That's the right. cellophane. It's like these people are planning this thing out. It's not like 500 Instagram followers. Right. I think this yeah, is yeah, the yeah. group that is going to enact right. this plan. So like it wouldn't make sense that if it's like 10,000 followers, then, then someone would throw up red flags and be like, uh, we need to stop this. Right? It's like yeah, these right. are fanatics. Maybe you convinced me. Okay. So then maybe yeah. they just worded it improperly because it sounded yeah. like 500 Instagram live people or whatever. No. Someone was like, this movie really gets to the heart of the most dangerous people online. Fucking weirdo dudes with less than 1,000 followers on Twitter <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Incel reply, guys. <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit more about like, the moral of the movie or whatever. I okay. Guess. Yeah. Because it did seem as if, I was just thinking about it some more. Like, it seemed like this is a movie written by people who had seen critiques of Batman and, as propaganda. <laughs> well, no, it's seen critiques of Batman as like an ineffective, like inherent. I mean, we always go back to this. It's like a Watchmen thing. Superheroes being inherently fascistic, but like someone who's read those critiques of like, oh, instead of running around beating up poor people, Batman should use his money to like help the city. And it yeah. feels like this is a movie written by somebody who like took those criticisms to heart. Yeah. Also, but those critiques suck. Ass. Well, yeah, well, you, well, you can't have a Batman, right? If those things are true, right? And like, hey, Batman doesn't exist in the real world, and those critiques are great for the real world, but like, this is a separate universe in which, you know, running around beating up criminals with your fists is an effective form of crime prevention, right? Like, but yeah, it's just like the movie did give the Riddler a very compelling backstory, I thought, in that, like, I don't know, aren't you supposed to sympathize with him? Like, you are. The city right? is yeah. super corrupt. Like, these people have fucked him over. Like, you shouldn't be a psycho and go around killing people, but like, the underlying critique of the like class system of Gotham or whatever all seems to be correct, right? Yeah. So, I thought it was really interesting with like the iconography of the Riddler, where it's like, you know, it's like anti establishment and like mm-hmm. rooting out the corruption of Gotham City. But the imagery that they use is like, a right-wing extremist or whatever. So I thought that was a very interesting contrast that they didn't really do anything with, but I I think that's funny to point out. And to talk more about the point that you made, Amir, where, like, people just go around saying, like, oh, why don't just Bruce Wayne use the money to, like, uh, help out the poor people of Gotham? I mean, first of all, that's no fun, right? Like, in fiction. (laughs) Batman does not work if that is effective. Yeah. Also, the funniest thing that I heard someone say is that like sure you can use your money and like not train to be like a ninja and like take down criminals and stuff and use your money to like just help all the poor people of Gotham and like raise all these funds and charities and things like that but what are you going to do when fucking joker straps bombs to like fucking people and like yeah like, when the, when super villains attack what are you going right, to do when yeah, mr like, freeze like, is going like, on a rampage downtown uh, <laughs> your, your yeah, money's not going to do anything right your right? credit card your, your bat card is no good here right? <laughs> yeah your bat card is no good here yeah uh, yeah i mean yeah, and again that, that go, again goes back to the like you're critiquing something where like no like one of the premises of the genre is that is that super villains do exist yeah. and superheroes exist and they're effective right so yeah totally but it just seemed like you know because the movie explicitly addresses you know the ineffectiveness of the measures to help out people who are disadvantaged, like the poor orphans of which the Riddler was one, 
Um, and and it does talk about how like the funds are diverted and there's corruption or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. It, it, the movie does touch on those themes. So I wanted to just mention it. But I, I agree with you. You can't have other Batman movies touched upon that. Not really, right? Eh, a little in the in the Bale stuff, where it's like, yeah. oh, my dad was a philanthropist. The philanthropy thing is always a a theme running through. Well, like Thomas and Martha. And yeah, stuff. With, yeah, with the, with the Wayne family. Yeah. Right? Well, I also feel though that a lot of superhero movies have brought this up. Like, would super villains exist without the superhero, right? Well, it's the eternal Batman question, right? Yeah, because it's brought up kind of like in this one too, right? Because we get that scene near the end of the movie, like right before the final act, where Paul Dano's Riddler basically kind of says like, hey, I thought we were in this together. Like, it almost implied like, hey, I did this because you do this. Well, yeah. He says explicitly, he says, I was inspired by you, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then one of the Riddler goons is like, oh, I'm vengeance. And that's what you've heard Batman saying all the entire movie. Right. And right, everyone's right. calling him that, right? So, yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. They do make that point explicit. The whole, you know, Batman is a, a, a mirror to or a, or a cause of all the super villainy, right? Like, you're not making anything any better. He even starts the movie with that monologue. He's like, oh, I haven't made anything better in the two years I've been doing this. Things are still getting worse. And so that's, yeah. a, that's always like a, a, a theme that runs through Batman, and they hit it again here. If we're talking about the third act and the problems we have with like the pacing wise, it did give us like the two images that are really like just seared into my brain, where he's mm-hmm. using the flares and rescuing the people. Yes, and then the final shot where like he's bringing that girl out to the rescue helicopter and like coming out of the darkness to be like really a symbol of hope for these people. I thought that was like really great, like full circle thematically. No matter how like lopsided the pacing is and and how this whole third act felt a little just overlong, you know? Yeah, you mm-hmm. mentioned the flare, and I did love the colors in this movie. Yeah. Like yeah. really nice, bright, like crisp colors, good use of black and white and shadow. And like the flare is one thing. There's a lot of red and blue with police lights flashing. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of just like reds, just reds, people being dragged into hell and whatnot. The colors are really striking. Yeah. In this movie, right? Greg Frazier did a great job shooting yeah. this movie. He's like on a roll too, because he just did Dune as well. So um, one for two then? Just kidding. Dune's good. I'm kidding. But <laughs> uh, I was gonna say one of my favorite shots. It goes hand in hand with what Jeff was saying about the flare. Is that the moment right before the flare? It looks like he's putting his hand out for the the congressman, right? Or the, I guess she's like the new mayor, right? Um, she, yeah, she's the mayor. Of, like, yeah, it's, yeah, she's the a little mayor. hesitant in taking the hand, and then you see like another hand come out of frame and then you realize it's that kid from earlier, right? Mm. The, the Mitchell's the, son, yeah. Yeah, Mitchell's son. I was like, oh, that's so good. So well done. Yeah. And then, yes, we get the mm-hmm. great shot of him overhead guiding the people out of that that little yeah. flooded stadium. Yeah, it's really good. One person we haven't talked about, so, I mean, there's a couple people we haven't talked about, but one definitely big person I want to talk about is Zoe Kravitz playing the Selena Kyle, you know, Catwoman mm-hmm. uh, character. What do you guys think? Uh, she's great. She's yeah. very hot. Loved it. Yeah, I, I think. So does she have good chemistry with Pattinson or is she just very hot? <laughs> I, uh, think I think it's good chemistry. Chem- I think they have, good, yeah, I think they have good great chemistry. chemistry yeah. I did too. I bought it, but I'm just yeah. like, maybe I'm just responding to the fact that she's hot and I'm not actually. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, am I reading too much into this or no? Yeah, no. She was. I, th- I thought they were great together. I thought she was great. I think I didn't love, and now Jeff is going to bring in the comics for a bit, but there are a couple things I didn't like. I didn't like the whole being the daughter of, uh, of Falcone, Falcone and like mm-hmm. that didn't fully land for it just felt like it didn't 100 percent work and then the other thing i didn't like is i don't know isn't she like and i don't know if this is just a frank miller thing because everyone frank miller comics they're all prostitutes but is she <laughs> i mean she's a sex worker in year one is she 
I'll have to reread, but and it seems likely. Like, but it seems like she is. And in, in this, she's even sex work adjacent. She's like a waitress in this bar, and then there's a weird other bar there that she used to work in. And it feels like, I don't know, I guess it's a PG-13 movie or, or whatever it is, but like it feels like they walked up to the line of making her a sex work person and then they kind of shied away from it, which I think in this day and yeah. age, they could have gone further and just like they made her like a sympathetic character who's in, yeah. that, in, in that line of work. I just don't think the mainstream audience is ready for the destigmatization of sex workers, especially in a Batman movie, which is supposed to have like a broader appeal. I mean, I wish they did that. That would have been great. But I do agree. They stepped right up to that line and they didn't do anything with it or or even try and cross that, you know? Yeah. But it's interesting that you point that out. What about the uh, the, the daughter thing? I mean, that's straight from, that's from Long, Long Halloween, Halloween right? yeah. yeah. She's mm-hmm. supposedly the daughter of Carmine Falcone. And I do like that they shied away from the Nolan movie's pronunciation of Falcone, like Falcone or whatever. It's definitely just Falcone, right? I don't know if that's from anything else, but they reverted back to that that old school pronunciation so yeah and like to not keep comparing these to older batman movies um and i'm not comparing it to a nolan movie i am going to compare this to the 90 actually i don't know what year it is but batman returns 92 i I do think that pattinson and kravitz have a better chemistry than i think keaton and pfeiffer did pattinson and kravitz are just like amazing and electric together but i do think that michelle pfeiffer was the hotter Catwoman, in my opinion Really? Yeah. <laughs> she was pretty hot in that. There's something about that costume, man, that like, I mean, this is kind of weird. She was about to kick you off the podcast, <laughs> but now I realize you're just a weirdo into leather, so I think it's fine. You're allowed to stay, but just putting an asterisk uh, next to you. Yeah, name. yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's something really hot about like the silky, leathery material that she has and yeah. the fact that she stitches it herself together and she's got the iconic whip in that movie i mean uh, there's something there's a whip yeah. in this you're not paying enough attention <laughs> there is a whip, a whip in this, this? Yes. yeah it's like a chain whip yeah. oh um, yeah she's okay, yeah. take down yeah, the, yeah. the guys outside the warehouse yeah, um, yeah but there are two completely different characterizations right because the batman returns catwoman is more like a an actual villain than uh than like a supporting anti-heroine or whatever you know yeah i wish we got a little more Moral ambiguity. Woman, no, just Catwoman <laughs> robbery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because yeah. Like, the, the thing we see her robbing in this movie is the passport for her friend. Yeah. Which is fine, yeah. but then it, 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 like, implies without saying that she's been robbing other things for a while and that she's just using her skills here for this. I don't know. I would have liked it if we saw her actually stealing some shit. <laughs> like stealing, like, an actual diamond or yeah. something, Yeah, just right? something, you know? And she implies at the end that she's about to go do that, right? She says at the end that she's about to go do that. But it's like, I would have liked to see her steal some shit. I don't know. Three hours. You can't do everything. I mean, speaking to the three-hour thing, I was quite surprised that, like, we basically got a full-fledged, also, Catwoman movie in this movie, right? She has her own kind of arc. Yeah, she has her own arc. You know, you find out she's, like, an important person in relation to the actual villain of this movie and then the fact that she has a friend that she wants to avenge and everything and she kind of does if you're talking about things that could have been cut i guess if you wanted you could have maybe nixed some of her story and like not have given her like a full-fledged arc i don't think i would have liked that at the same time i was gonna say i like that I like. I wanted yeah. more of her, and like mm-hmm. every time in the movie, I was like, "Oh, where's Zoe Kravitz?" Is <laughs> her? That's when they would bring her back. So I feel like they had just enough to maybe not quite enough of her. I maybe maybe I definitely don't think it was too much. I think we maybe even needed more of her. She was great because yeah, we we have this whole Paul Dano Riddler thing. We have this Zoe Kravitz thing with Falcone. 
We also have this relationship. I mean, you've mentioned it already, Jeff. Like, there's a lot of Batman and Gordon, right? Like, it's yeah. kind of like building up their relationship. So, there, there is a lot of elements to this movie that makes it three hours long, right? Yeah. So, I got to ask you, like, when uh, Batman and Catwoman first meet, that first fight scene that they did, is that practical or is that CG? Like, the kicks she does. It looks off. It, I've, it looks it a, little a little off. weightless. Yeah. But it was very cool. I did like it a lot. But I had to wonder if it was CG or maybe, I mean, it had to have been at least wire work, right? But I don't know. I did like Catwoman's mask. It's just super simple, like, burglar mask. And, like, the top of the cap had, like, the kind of cat ears. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was great. It was awesome. Although I'm very partial to Anne Hathaway's Catwoman thing, too, where her goggles flip up into the cat ears. That's yeah, cool, too. That is cool. That is cool, too. I mean, you guys already know I'm partial to the Michelle Pfeiffer <laughs> Catwoman. Yeah, she's a little too unhinged for me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I never thought I would see this in a Batman movie where it kind of made sense. So there's like this thing in Batman comics and like you've seen in the 66 batman you've seen it in the schumacher batmans and you know it's just a batman thing where the villain the main villain always has goons and those goons always have to dress up in theme like you know (laughs) the joker has people that look like clowns right or the -hmm. penguin looks like people that are ice themed or whatever like you know just like uh mr freeze and batman and robin right I didn't think that we would ever get a Batman movie where it felt almost natural, where it it made sense at the end where all these goons dressed up just like the Riddler and looked exactly like him. Right. Sort of an I am Spartacus moment from them or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're all the Riddler. We're all justice or (laughs) vengeance or whatever the hell they were. Yeah. So, yeah, I never thought I would actually see it in a Batman movie where that like concept kind of works. Yeah. And it's grounded and Yeah. Any other shots or anything you guys like really liked about the movie? Yeah, so one thing that everyone else fucking loved that I did not, and I think Amir's in the same boat, the car chase. The chase, yes. What? Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Ugh, the, most okay. of the chase was bad. Okay, okay. First of all, the bookends of the chase are great. Yes. The start of the chase and the end of the chase. Because the start of the chase has... Uh, the Batmobile in the mist and the engines revving and you can see like the sparks coming out of the engine in the darkness and that's fucking phenomenal. What a great shot. And then the end has the shot where we see in the trailers, you know, like the camera's like attached to the Batmobile wheel and then it skids across the road and then you see Penguin's car like doing cartwheels down the pavement, which is like one of the coolest shots in the whole movie. It's so fucking cool. But everything in between was kind of bad. Yeah, it's very muddled. You can't see the geography of anything. You have no idea where people are respectively in the chase. It's not clear. And it's not fast. It feels slow. It feels like you're in commuter traffic with all these freaking <laughs> people in the way. Like, I don't know. I've but seen good chases I, in movies. Uh, this isn't it. Dude, I don't know. Watch a chase in the Bourne movies. Watch a chase in a James Bond movie. Watch a chasing i don't know the matrix 2 <laughs> even mission like, impossible yeah Fallout. <laughs> yes this one just doesn't do it that All whole right, this, middle part of the chase is just i feel like i'm commuting the speed okay. thing didn't bother me as much it's the geography thing Being that lost really, in every really shot. really yeah. i understand what matt reeves and greg fraser were trying to do you get like the hunker down camera attached to the car is really really cool and you get a lot of shot of those but you gotta have the wide shots to like 
mm-hmm. see where they are in relation to each other on the highway. Like, it, and they did it once for like two seconds. And I was yeah, like, oh shit, I understand yeah. what's going on. And then they stopped again. I'm like, Fuck. Yeah. It gave me a lot of a Quantum of Solace opening scene vibes where it's just like, you can't tell what's going on and like, where's each car in relation to each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I don't necessarily disagree with you guys. Like, I have nothing to say about that. That is definitely a, a valid criticism. But I do have a counterpoint to the whole commuter idea. Like, I absolutely hate it when in movies and like a lot of chase scenes do this where it feels like the car is never in danger and the car is never like that close to another car. I felt like in this movie, the kind of claustrophobic nature of driving in really fast traffic where like you, you have to make sudden turns or sudden moves to speak to your point. Like I hate in like movies where features like LA or Chicago or New York or whatever, like people driving through the city or through freeways and there's like no cars cars there. Right. Yeah. Like where's the traffic? Like I've driven there. There's should be cars bumper to bumper. Yeah. I'm from LA and there's like no way any of these chase scenes would ever happen. I'm pretty sure Gotham would be this big metropolitan area. Like this is exactly how it should feel. It should feel like you can't get from point A to point B so easily. Like I love the point where the penguin gets stopped by a car and he's like, hurry the fuck up, go, 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 so I can go. Like, it felt so much more real to me. Like, that's why I love this car chase. And then I love the mounting of the camera right on, like, the side of the dash. You know? Yeah, the, uh, I, I do I do like that. Yeah. I just wish they interspersed some wide shots in there so we yeah. could see, like, yeah. where everything was. Yeah, I definitely understand was. that criticism. Yeah, I definitely understand that criticism. Yeah, I mean, the bookends are great. I like the beginning. I like the end of that. Also, I love Colin Farrell's Penguin. Yes. Oh, he's yes, so fucking good. Yes. He's yes. so, 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 so This good. is another Jared Leto. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, how's it Gucci? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's it Gucci? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. I think when you said Jared Leto, some, some people's heads probably went to uh, more Joker. Joker, maybe. Or Joker. <laughs> Joker. Right, yeah, Joker. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely understand what you're saying when it comes with the, all the makeup. It was so funny. My fiance, when we finished the movie and the credits started rolling and she saw Colin Farrell's name come up, she's like, wait, Colin Who's Farrell? Colin Farrell? <laughs> Who's Colin Farrell? And I was like, the penguin. I did that too. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that that was you. Like, he was real good. I loved his, like, gangster accent. He has the funniest bits in the whole movie. The funniest bit is when he gets tied up and then he yeah. has to, like, he's so waddling away. So funny. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask, can you guys speak to this a little bit? Like, are there twins? Like, does he have, like, twins that are his guards? Is that a thing in the comics? I don't think that's a Not that I thing. know. Not that I know of, but I like okay. the twins, too. Yeah, the twins cool. are really funny. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. funny. Cool. And, like, that goes to, like, the Batman as, like, a greener detective, too, right? Because, like, both him and Gordon were trying to figure out the Rada Alada thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so funny where Colin Farrell's penguin, he's like, oh, no habla espanol or whatever. It was so yeah. fucking funny. <laughs> I wonder how, yeah, I wonder how that plays to Spanish speakers, but I yeah, thought it was funny, yeah. too. Misinterpreted the clue. And it seems really idiotic I, I in think, retrospect. Yeah, yeah. Right? I think the URL thing is a little... Yeah, yeah, too cute by half, but uh, but it's it's fine. It's corny, but it, yeah, I, I like that the, the clue hinged on verb conjugation. Yeah, your eighth grade Spanish teacher would be so happy right now. <laughs> your Spanish teacher is gonna love this movie. Yeah, and I love the part where Commissioner Gordon's like wants to show him the picture, and he's like, "Ah, don't show me that. Yeah, like, I don't want to see that." <laughs> Colin Farrell's so good, dude. I can't wait he's to good. see him in a sequel and stuff. Yeah, he's like, "What are you doing? Why are you showing me that?" It was really funny. <laughs> um, I love the interplay between Jim Gordon and Batman, too. I think it's the yes. best one. 
oh, we've yeah. gotten in a Batman movie for sure. I love that Gordon just always calls Batman man. <laughs> he does it all the time, like throughout the whole movie. And like when they're investigating uh, uh, the renewal fund or whatever, and they go into the the abandoned building with all the drop heads in it. He's like got his gun out and then <laughs> Batman, he's like, no guns. And he's like, that's your thing, man. <laughs> which I thought was, <laughs> yeah, that was really, really funny. funny. Uh, which totally makes sense. He's a cop, right? Yeah. Uh, Gordon definitely has a more meaty role in this than in some of the previous ones. I didn't mind Oldman's Gordon, but I do think in this it's more of a buddy cop. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. It's seven or Zodiac, right? Like multiple detectives. Yeah. On the, yeah the two yeah. detectives on the case. You know what I mean? This is more of that, whereas usually Gordon's much more of a supporting player. I feel like Gordon took up a lot of the space in this movie that Alfred takes usually. Yes. Because Alfred in this is quite a cipher. We didn't get anything from Andy He's undercooked, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a shame. But I did like that they played with Thomas and Martha Wayne, who are always portrayed as saints, and like they mm-hmm. try to take him down a peg, you know? Yeah. Like, no one's above like the temptation of corruption in Gotham. Thomas isn't like a horrible person, but like he's not above bending the rules to save his family or like to save Martha's reputation, you know, and that's where the wrinkles in this movie, where that comes from. And I, I, I really did like that. And I did like the couple points where they point out, like, you know, Bruce Wayne's privilege and stuff, too. Like, I know people think it's on the nose, but I kind of like the, the Catwoman scene where it's like, oh, you definitely come from money or whatever, which I thought was kind of funny. Oh, yeah, I was, but I, I thought you were talking about a different one where she's, like, talking about all the, like, privilege rich white yeah, and yeah, Gotham. Yeah. And how, like, she kind of thinks the ruler's doing the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, she's talking about all these privileged guys. And he's just like, wow, this is awkward. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's obviously uh, just waiting under that mask. Right. And, and the most subtle example of that is in the end where Batman recovers the murder weapon that killed Mitchell. And yes. it's the cop that mentions, like, mm-hmm. oh, that's a carpet tool. And that's, like, nothing that Bruce Wayne would ever know, right? Because that's, yes. like, a – yes. Like a, a blue collar, tool. Yeah. yeah, workman's tool that he would have no familiarity with, and I, I thought that was great. Yeah, that, I, yeah. I thought it was excellent. Yeah. That, that was excellent. I didn't notice yeah. that. I thought it was great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I did say early on that I praise this movie for being kind of like the best rendition of Batman, but I think there is a huge caveat to that. That I think there is absolutely really no Bruce Wayne in this movie. There's very little of... The movie had no interest in Bruce Wayne or Alfred. Yeah. Even the part where he's all like, oh, you have a board meeting and you have to meet with the people to figure out your company. And, like, they don't even show that. Like, he doesn't care about that. Like, he doesn't care about being Bruce Wayne. And, like, the movie's very clear about that. I'd be interested to see, like, if we do get a sequel to see more of the Bruce Wayne come out of Pattinson. Because, like... I think it's a deliberate choice. Yeah, it is. Where they play in, like, subdued and emo and, like... Yeah, someone's like well, this Batman and Bruce Wayne. He's definitely never had sex in his entire fucking life, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is very very funny. Be interested, yeah, in a sequel if we get to see more of the Bruce character, right, out of Pattinson. Yeah, I'd be interested. I don't know if we need to though, because I, I Jeff said I think it is a deliberate choice, and I think he's a good Batman. And I don't know if he'd be a good Bruce Wayne. Whereas, like, I think yeah. like Christian Bale, I think is a great Bruce Wayne because you've got that whole American yes. Psycho thing going mm-hmm. on, right? Yeah, I don't know if I think Pattinson is a great Bruce Wayne. Maybe he is. I don't know. I could see him totally being a really good Bruce Wayne as well. But but I think you kind of need it, right? Where the story is going, he has to be this like symbol of hope, and like there is something he can do as Bruce Wayne. Like you know, like you need to see him being a right a better man as Bruce Wayne, not just as Batman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I see. I can see that. 
The last thing I want to mention is Michael Giacchino's score. Yes. Holy fuck, it's so fucking good. It's easy to get swept up in the moment and not really notice it, but, like, seeing this twice, that score is, like, some of the best work he's ever done. And he's done a lot of great stuff. Um, You know, he's done Lost. He did all the music for No Way Home last year, too. But this is, like, a whole nother level. Yeah. Like the Batman theme, everyone's humming the Batman theme. Mm-hmm. But the Catwoman theme, holy shit. It's like the noir piano mm-hmm. theme is just so good. And then like you got the Ave Maria leitmotif yeah. with the Riddler. He's just operating on a whole nother level here. It's so, so fucking good. We came out of the theater, me and my fiance, and the first thing she says is like, Wow, that music was really good. I'm like, yeah, the music. She was never good. says anything like that, right? Like that's not <laughs> usually. No, I mean, like yeah. you said, most people won't notice. It's definitely a soundtrack that I think I'm going to want to go back and listen to. Overall, Batman rankings. You guys want to do it? It's oh really yeah, let's hard. do that real quick. I mean, there's a lot of Batman movies. Well, instead of like overall Batman movies, like where would you place this? I guess that's probably the better question, right? Like, is it high? Is it low? Like, is it? It's high for it's sure. High. It's high. It's for high. Sure. I did like this. I want to say I like this more than Begins and Rises. Yeah, um, I'm probably on that same boat. Uh, not quite as good oh. as The Dark Knight. I mean, they're different, you know? Yeah. I've been waiting for this iteration of Batman, like, forever, and just to see him on the screen is just is just fantastic. I said this in my review, but, like, Batman's the character that, like, he's not really the main character in his movies anymore, right? Like, The yeah. Dark Knight is a Joker the Dark Knight. movie. Mm-hmm. Dark Knight Rises is like a Bane movie. Bane movie, yeah. The Justice League, Batman v Superman. You know, it's been a very long time since he was actually like the main draw. Even like Forever and Batman and Robin, those were all about the villains, you know? Forever had Two-Face and the Riddler with Mm -hmm. Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones. And then Batman and Robin had so many villains and it had Robin in it too. Yeah, and Batgirl. Yeah, and Batman Returns was all about Penguin, uh, Catwoman, Shrek, you know? Max Shrek. <laughs> yeah, and I, I still think Mask of the Phantasm is probably the best Batman movie. I still love, love, love that movie. Mm, mm-hmm. My top three would probably be Dark Knight, Batman Returns, and then this. It's somewhere like, yeah. it, it's in that top three for me right now. Wow. I, I, I really, really did like this movie a lot. They all have different merits that I love so much that it's kind of hard to like rank those three. All three yeah. of those are just different movies. I would probably be in the same boat, but unabashedly number one would be phantasm i think <laughs> yeah um i think i like this a lot. i think this isn't a conversation with begins for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't think it's clearly better so maybe like uh the dark knight begins like returns phantasm and this and like somewhere in a top five yeah okay but i don't know if this is like a top three for me necessarily but i did really like it and uh I don't know. It was good. I mean, if you're a Batman fan, I, I think you're going to like this movie. I, I, don't yeah. think you, I, think you, I don't think you can be upset with it. Oh, we didn't talk about the worst part of this fucking movie, the Joker. Oh, my God. Fuck oh, off. Yeah, oh, that was the, yes. Ugh. Barry Keegan. I like Barry Keegan. Me too. And, like, I'm excited to see what he can do with that character. Oof. But I don't I don't need it, man. That was a He rough. didn't need it. He didn't How need many it. Yeah. Jokers do we yeah. need in the past, like, five years? We have so mm-hmm. many. I mean, I don't mind that he's the Joker. Yeah, I don't mind that he's the Joker, but, like, I don't know. And people are like, oh, Matt Reeves gave the reason, like, it's to wrap up the Riddler's arc to show that, you know, corruption is still there in Gotham. And, like, 
the crime is like still alive. But like, all right, I love Matt Reeves, but that's a dumb explanation for why you included that scene. First of all, it could have been anyone. You could have had like, I don't know, fucking Victor Zaz or Calendar Man, <laughs> fucking Maxi Zeus. I don't know. Anyone. Ventriloquist. I don't fucking yeah. care. Mad Hatter. I don't care. Anyone. Kite Man. Why'd it have to be the Joker? Kite Man. Hell yeah. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> and also, like, obviously corruption's still gonna thrive in Gotham, because Riddler's trying to, like, uncover it, and you had him arrested. You know? <laughs> like, come on. That doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't know. It just... It also kind of killed the flow into Act 3, like, at the end of Act 3, a little Mm -hmm. bit, too, because it just felt shoehorned in. I know people love the Joker, but give that character a break, really. Yeah, Yeah, for me, it was more of just an issue. Like, it felt like an after credit scene that, like, they tried to shoehorn in the movie that we just didn't need. Like, it didn't really add anything for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, it's an after credit scene. That's perfect. Yeah, you you know what it is? That's a perfect description. It is. That is a perfect description. And you know what it is? This whole movie is like cutting against the grain of your superhero movie conventions and this one played like right into it and it took me right out of the movie right because everything else is so different it looks fucking fantastic uh there's mood there's atmosphere it's not all about the action not a ton of cgi uh yeah everything's just like super well crafted in here and then you throw in a a cameo like that very clumsy is very clumsy. Yeah, that's a, that's a good word for it. Clumsy. And it's a three-hour-long movie. Like, really, please cut the fat, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is definitely, as, as you that's said, definitely Derek, fat. like, this is 100% an after-credits thing. Move it to an after-credits thing, and I'm definitely less, like, bothered by it, right? Yeah. Notes for Matt Reed from... Yeah, no, yeah Matt, <laughs> Matt if you're listening to this. No, but I, I think we've all spoken our praises, but also our gripes of the movie. But I think overall, we... All generally kind of like this movie and, and would recommend it, I would say. Yeah, did not disappoint. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I my expectations were, like, as I said, like reasonably high. And uh, yeah, I was not disappointed coming out of it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, if that is all, I think that will conclude this week's episode. Uh, Jeff, where can people find more of your work? You can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com, where I also reviewed The Batman. You can check that out. And you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Strange Harbors. What about you guys? Uh, you can find me dipping into the renewal fund to uh, <laughs> augment my meager podcast wages. <laughs> what about you, Derek? You can find me at the World's Okayest Photos and Screen Agents Guild on Instagram. But if you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other popular podcast apps. Uh, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please do us a favor and give us a great star rating. It really Helps to get our podcast out to more people. Yeah, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions on Matt Reeves' The Batman, feel free to shoot us an email at jeff at strangeharbors.com. We like reading out emails on the pod. Feel free to send that email, and we will see you guys next week. See you next week, everybody. See you guys then.